is up, gamblers? Welcome back to the Outkick of Bets podcast. It's 2024 Super Wild Card Weekend. I got the homie Dan Z to help me handicap all six games this weekend. Well, five this weekend, one Monday. Uh, stick around because a little bit later. Bro, this have... is the NFL. It's that Monday is part of the weekend when it's NFL season. I don't care what anyone says. That's a good point. But we, I mean, we work on NFL days anyways. I wonder if like NFL fans, we know Eagle fans will probably be taking the work day off. Actually, not really. They'll be they'll be out by you know games kicks off at eight thirty. So they'll yeah, I would worry more about. I'd be worried more for Eagles fans for Tuesday morning, depending on how the game goes. Oh, they're not they're not going to be there, regardless of how the game goes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a wild card game. They're used to uh, making it a lot deeper than that. So I like the Eagles this weekend, but we'll get into that. Obviously. Um, yeah, we're going to hit all six games here. Uh, stick around a bit later. I got the Fox business and news homie Scott Martin here to go over his model picks. Um, but let's just get straight into it. I don't really feel like BSing because we're going to BS as we talk about these games like we do every week. So we'll talk about the, obviously, Cleveland Browns, Houston Texans, the first game, uh, Saturday, 4.30 Eastern Standard kickoff. Before we start recording, you alluded to having some sick playoff setup going on? Well, first of all, I mean, it's standard practice, right? Like, the Saturday afternoon game is basically the AFC South winner versus the wild card team every year it used to be the espn game because they only got one playoff game and uh the nfl was mad at espn for a lot of different reasons and so they would always stick them with you know i'm shocked texans brown isn't on peacock quite honestly but i guess based on the timing it works so it's not a super exciting game um i mean look it's an nfl playoff game there are storylines like miss me with that like oh every like as far as the six games as my excitement to watch them goes, this is probably the lowest, maybe Bill Steelers. So my buddies came up with this idea. They're like, hey, there's this uh, virtual golf place near us that has like this VIP suite that you can book for like several hours. And it has a big screen TV along with like the virtual golf. Like let's book it during the Browns Texans game. And like, hit some golf balls, drink some beers, and watch an NFL playoff game. I was like, that sounds like the best idea I've ever heard in my life. I absolutely want to do that. So we'll be uh, we'll be watching the game whilst hitting some golf balls at uh, Pebble Beach, virtually, obviously. I'll be doing it from Central Connecticut. I'm going to try to join Legend Jerry and hit the hole-in-one on the golf simulator. I, I, I do plan on hitting a hole-in-one on the golf simulator. You absolutely. plan on As in it's you'll nice be to- disappointed if you don't? Absolutely. I hate virtual golf in general because golf is just, it's meant to be played outdoors. And I hate hitting off mats. I hate hitting indoors. The virtual golf simulators are kind of annoying. But the other thing is, like, you normally only book it for, like, an hour. And if you have, like, three, like, you have to, like, rush to get even, like, eight or nine holes in. Holes in, I put it in quotes. But this way, like, we got this thing booked for, like, four hours. Got a playoff game on. Like, no rush. Like, take your time. Go up. Hit a shot. You know what I mean? Like, 36. I don't even. I I don't even want to. Like, I don't want to hit that many shots. Um, I just think it's gonna be sick. I think it's gonna be cool. That is no. That is very awesome, actually. Guys only. Yeah, it would be dudes. That's wonderful. It's our normal. It's actually what we we came up with because I was like, dude, I am itching to hit a golf club. Like, it's been a few months now. Obviously, I live in Connecticut. You live in a place where you don't play golf, but if you did, 
you could play right now, I'm guessing. I don't know what the weather's like, but I assume you could go play golf if you wanted to. It's good, yeah. I cannot. Yeah. I cannot go play golf, even if I wanted to. It does not exist. So I hit up the dudes in my – and we have a Saturday morning group. We golf every Saturday morning. We're part of a, um, a, a local club up here. I just hit up the group. I was like, hey, you guys want to take the Saturday group out? You know, for some virtual golf this weekend, and everyone was into it. And then, the, then the I thought we would just play in the morning in our normal time. And someone was like, "Let's watch the game during it. Let's get the sweep." And I was like, "Sounds good to me." Yeah, um, I'm doing. I I'll be a, betting the Texans, so let's go Texans. I have a yearly tradition where I go to a, uh, a Vietnamese coffee shop for yes, the you, um, you Sunday. Famous and, for that, <laughs> the Sunday wild card game, and. Um, I will be continuing that tradition this year. If you guys don't know what that is, I can't really explain it to you. Just Google it. Uh, hopefully, you know some people in Southern California that could further talk to you about that. But that's what I got going on. I'm happy you kind of hijacked the podcast uh, to talk about that because now we can officially get into the Cleveland Browns-Texans matchup. And the Cleveland Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites in this game. No, yes, two-and-a-half-point road favorites, excuse me. Total is at 44 and a half. Uh, I'm, I'm bailing on the Cleveland Browns bandwagon that I pretty much started. I'm going to go with the Texans. I think too many people are on it right now. Yeah. There's a lot of hype around this Browns team. Like people, I'm seeing like a lot of people being like, you know, if you see an article titled Dark Horse to win the AFC, it's going to be the Browns. I, I 1000%, there's not a question in my mind. It's going to say the Cleveland Browns. They ain't winning the AFC. I got news for y'all. Blacko thing's nice. It's fun. I, I This Texans team kind of reminds me a little bit of last year's Jags team that won a playoff game. I think Stroud gets it done. Yeah, I'm with you. I at least think they're going to cover the number. Um, I'm going to take the points. This is a sell-high spot for Joe Flacco, definitely. We're due for a Joe Flacco clunker. Um, they torched the Browns a couple weeks ago. But I think what's most interesting about that is they closed as three-point favorites versus Case Keenum. And then Davis Mills came in and replaced Case Keenum. And now they're two-and-a-half-point favorites versus C.J. Stroud. I mean, simply put, C.J. Stroud is more than a half-point better than Case Keenum and and Davis Mills. you watch your mouth. (laughs) And they didn't even have Will Anderson in that game. And Will Anderson been awesome this year in his rookie season and the weakness of Cleveland's offensive line is the tackles. But I, I think they're down to, I think they lost like three offensive tackles this year. So I think Grenard, I think that's how you say it, Jonathan Grenard, right? And Will Anderson could get some pass, uh, get some pressure in Joe Flacco's face. Houston's rushing defense is actually sick. They average uh, under four yards or they allow under four yards per carry. So I think they're going to make Cleveland one dimensional. And I'll take my chances with Flacco dicing up a Texans defense that I think has a pulse. Like, they have Pro Bowl guys on all three levels of the defense. And I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of conversation, or there has been a lot of conversation, about a rookie quarterback or a quarterback making his first playoff start. But I completely dismiss that because last week was essentially the playoffs for the Texans. Yeah, it was, and like we've talked about before, I, I like these quarterbacks who played at big college schools, played in big college games. I think that experience absolutely helps. Um, you're never going to convince me that it doesn't help to have played in major college football playoff games. Um, 
that that doesn't help a quarterback when they get to the NFL. I mean, what's like, honestly, it's actually a good question. What's a bigger like football game, the college national championship or an NFL wildcard game? I would argue it's the college national championship. Quite honestly. I would agree. Um, I, I, I just think the biggest difference is obvious, right? You're going against professionals, so it's tougher. Sure. But that's not any different than, I mean, he's been going against professionals for, you know, almost 17 weeks now. I mean, you back out the injuries, right. but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, but the point that people try to make is like, it's the pressure. It's not the competition necessarily. It's the pressure of the moment. What I'm saying is like, yeah, the first couple of times you're in that, I'm going I'm to talk about myself for a second. Um, I know I don't, I rarely do that, but I'm going to do it here. Um, but I bowl, right? And I've never thrown a 300. I one time got to 11 strikes in a row to start the game. I needed two more to complete my first career 300. I could not feel my right leg. I'm not exaggerating. Like, I was shaking. And I've talked to many bowlers, and they all say the same thing. Like, you have to kind of get close a couple times and, like, feel what that moment feels like to be able to handle it better next time. And that's why a lot of bowlers get like 10, 11, 12, like a bunch of times. I had a friend who had like five 299s before he finally got his 300. And that's why. Like, And so what I guess I'm trying to say is like, I think that's pretty standard. And I think CJ Stroud has had enough of that experience of those tense pressure packed games and moments um, that this, I, I don't downgrade him whatsoever as a first time playoff rookie quarterback. Yeah. I just love the matchup for the Texans here. I really do. And if the Browns end up playing the Ravens next week, depending on the line, I probably end up taking the Browns. Cause I like that matchup for them as well. But I obviously we'll see how all that plays out. This is really just a matchup based handicap. I'm not really doing a lot of public split stuff here. Um, so I'm just going to go with the Texans plus two and a half. I found a plus oh. three yesterday at points bet, but I think it's gone. Yeah, speaking of line movement, if we want to just scoot on over to the next game. Yep. I was shocked when the uh, lines were released and the Dolphins were only three-point underdogs at Kansas City. I'm not surprised that it has already moved to four and a half. And uh, I hit it, it yesterday at four. I think it could keep going, quite honestly. I do too. What do you? I mean, I, you're a Dolphins fan. Hey, what do you? What do you think of this? They're game? done, dude. They're done. Like the team is fried. The injuries are like I, I'm not. You know, they're you got Stephen A. Smith screaming about the Dolphins were frauds. It's like, dude, they're hurt. They're hurt. Like that. That is what happened. Miami Dolphins had a really good team. They have a really good team and a really good roster, and they're hurt. Tyreek Hill hasn't been the same since he rolled up his ankle and then picked up a foot injury. Jalen Waddles missed games. Um, you know, Xavier Howard's not going to play. Jalen Ramsey, people forget, like, he's played well, but he's still coming off a major preseason injury. Like, it has to affect him. They lost Jalen Phillips. They lost Bradley Chubb. They're just too banged up to go on the road at Kansas City in zero-degree weather and keep this game close. I just I don't see how they keep this game close. I really don't. Yeah, I could even I can break it down even simpler, and I have a tough time doing that compared to you. You're – you're much better at keeping it simple than me, but geez, I have a better quarterback, better coach, better defense, and better special teams. They're the home team. It's Miami. It's going to be zero degrees. Or yeah. a team from Miami coming and playing in zero degrees. Also, 
The Chiefs closed as one-and-a-half-point favorites in Germany against Miami in Week 9. I actually was on Miami. Both of us were on Miami, and I think Miami got unlucky to not win that game. Um, I thought they played better than that week, but the Chiefs won 21-14. thing is, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips had both of Miami's sacks in that game. They replaced him with Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin, who were very good pass rushers like six seven years ago like i this kansas city offensive line has bad tackles but a great interior but there's not going to be much pass rush coming from the edge from the dolphins they actually are 30 uh uh, the the dolphins are 31st in pass block win rate on espn i thought that was kind of crazy kansas city's got the highest defensive sack rate in the nfl so i think they're going to win the line of scrimmage I do believe that Andy Reid saves the good plays, and I think we're going to get like a championship effort. He might save them this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, Have you, dude? I think this is hilarious. Have you heard of the Chase Claypool curse? No, but I'm already in. Yeah, the Bears were zero and ten with Chase Claypool, seven and six once trading him or after trading him. Dolphins. Are four and flat, four and five with Claypool, and we're seven and one before getting him. <laughs> we have to look at the Steelers too. Oh yeah, the Steelers improved immediately after getting rid of that guy. <laughs> and like, there's literally no quarterback in the history of football better at dealing with diva the wide receivers than Mike Tomlin. And he was just like, "Nah, I'm at this one, this one is a lost cause. Get rid of this I gotta, guy." We got to kind of turn around and give, like, I know we always end up turning this into a Mike Tomlin love fest because you and I are both huge fans of him, even though a lot of well, people aren't. But, like, on. I gave What's him a your, lot of. We could, we could just segue into that game since it's next up. But Do you, we gave him a lot of trash, you know, for how he was handling Deontay Johnson and George Pickens um, earlier in the year. But, like, I don't know, seemed to get those guys back on board, got them into the playoffs. Both of them played a huge role in getting them into the playoffs. Yeah. Tomlin does it again, man. Just. We, I doubted him a little bit, and he worked his magic, got those two guys to screw their heads on straight, start, you know, blocking and stuff, you know, like doing their jobs. Just really not that much to ask of an employee. Just do your actual job that we pay you to do. And, uh, I mean, it ends this weekend, but it was a fun run. Well, let's talk about Officially, you're on the – you'd give out the Chiefs. Are you going to be rooting for the Dolphins? Do you not really even care that much anymore? I will be rooting for the Dolphins, so I probably won't bet on the Chiefs just out of principle. Um, but I will not bet on the. I'm definitely not betting on the Dolphins. Yeah, if you're a forced, a forced pick, you're going with the Chiefs minus four and a half, though. I mean, I liked it a lot at minus three. I almost hit it at minus three, only because I knew I would get closing line value. But I just, I, I'm still enough of a Dolphins fan that I was like, I can't do it. I just, I can't do it. Is your, your dad's a Dolphins fan too, right? No, he's a Bengals fan. Oh, oh, that's right. I knew that, actually. Um, all right. Well, yeah, let's talk about the first Sunday game. Uh, 1 o'clock kickoff. Steelers plus 10 at the Buffalo Bills. Um, I just think 10 is too much when you mix in Josh Allen's terrible turnover luck and Tomlin's voodoo. Dude, Josh Allen has 18 interceptions on 21 turnover-worthy plays. <laughs> You got to He's probably thinking like, can you guys just drop one? Maybe like, like, can the DBs just drop one here? That's crazy. Well, I'm guessing some of the interception, like a couple of the interceptions, probably came because like 
you know, there was that Gabe Davis one that wasn't a turnover where they play. Josh Allen threw it, hit him between the hands, mm-hmm. it bounced off of his hands and went into a DV's arm. So that's an interception on a non-turnover worthy play. He probably has a couple of those too. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pittsburgh's plus 11 in turnover differential. And me and you in regular season handicaps will like to fade teams that are getting lucky over turnover differential. That doesn't apply to the Steelers. It hasn't for like, this is what they do for years. Well, but they're missing TJ Watt. And he's that a big is, reason why they generate turnovers. So I would be wary. This is a stay away from me on this line um, for everything we just talked about. It's a lot of points. I'm not comfortable giving Tomlin 10 points in a playoff game. However, I'm also not confident enough in the Steelers because, um, like you said, they have benefited big time from turnovers. Not having TJ Watt is a is a massive uh, loss in that department. So, mm-hmm. I I mean – I'm having a hard time finding an under this weekend. I don't like, um, I don't like the Packers. I I actually kind of like the over in that one, but is that a double? So you like most, mostly unders this weekend. I'm having a hard time finding an under that I don't like. Okay. Gotcha. Cause likes unders this week. (laughs) I mean, I like unders almost always, as you know, I tend tend to lean towards the under, but like, it's really hard to think that this game's going to go over 36 points like i don't know that like the weather's gonna be kind of crappy yeah projected wind gusts I mean, of over 20 again, miles per hour yeah so but you know i don't think the steelers are gonna be able to score at all and i think they know that and i think they're gonna try to shorten the game as much as possible i think buffalo wins maybe like like 21-10-ish. Again, I'm like right on that line. That's why I'm not confident in betting it. But I, if I had to, that's kind of where I, I see it. Um, Buffalo's defense is not very good against the run. And Pittsburgh's running attack has been really good. Like Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Yeah, are- the thing is, though, they're going to stack the crap out of the box. Because they're going to be like, I mean, what are you going to You think Mason Rudolph's going to beat you with a 20-mile-an-hour wind? Not a chance. No, that, that's fine. I understand that. But I do think they're going to be able to get some success by running outside the tackles. Like that's where they want to. That's where they want to run the ball, and that's kind of where Buffalo's running defense is is weak. I mean, it's not good throughout it uh, throughout the defense. But uh, since week nine, Pittsburgh is eighth in rushing EPA and fifth in rushing success rate. Um, they're seven or five of their opponents pre week nine. One was the Niners, Browns, Texans, Baltimore, Jacksonville, all of which have pretty good run defenses. So I think Pittsburgh's gonna be able to get uh get the run game going. Also, there's a playoff strength of schedule betting system that I conveniently didn't mention when talking about the Texans and Browns, because this definitely works against my Texans pick, but it applies here. Um Teams that are 10 spots better than their opponents in strength of schedule rankings tend to cover in the playoffs. Now, I don't have the specific trend in my head because I've just consumed this through like years of listening to NFL betting podcasts. So you just gonna have to like take me at my or take my word for it, right? This is this is a, a system that has been profitable over the years. Pittsburgh is second in strength of this uh, schedule towards the hard uh, per DVOA, and Buffalo is 26. So I am very concerned about TJ Watt. I think they're one in seven in the last eight games without TJ Watt. That's, that's bad news. I mean, they're not going to win the game, but you're not betting on them to win the game. No. Yeah. I'm um, just to clean up. I think we had mentioned, you talked about betting splits. Yeah. Heavy, 
at least on DraftKings, heavy Browns money. Um, according to them, almost 70% of the spread bets are on Cleveland, which is quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, it also makes me, again, wary is, is that the Dolphins and Chiefs is almost 50-50. Oh, that's good news as a Chiefs backer. Yeah, it absolutely is great news that you like the Chiefs are slightly they're getting fifty four percent of the bets, but I mean anything less than sixty percent on the Chiefs at home in the playoffs, and you gotta feel like you gotta feel good if you're on that side. Honestly, like I I don't want to say anything that will backfire, but it's like I look at the Chiefs minus four in the spot given all of Miami's injuries. Like this is this is a fucking lock. Like how can you not bet the Actually, Chiefs? Actually, this is kind of crazy. Um, for this game, the Steelers DraftKings taking fifty six percent of the spread bets on the Steelers plus ten. Yeah, yeah, you know what it, you know what that is too, and that that does have me nervous about liking the Steelers. But the Bills have failed to cover big numbers a lot this year, and I think the betting public is just butthurt about it, and they're like, like Mike Tomlin voodoo is not like a mysterious thing anymore. Everyone knows about it. Everyone discusses it, and they're probably thinking. Unfortunately, the same you applying the same logic that I am, you know, and and Josh, like that to me when you said that, like that was to me the no offense, although this might be offensive, like kind of the square thinking, right? Mike Tomlin in the playoffs, Josh Allen's going to turn the ball over. I'll yeah. take the ten points. Yeah, no, I understand the square happen. thinking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I understand. have been pretty good this year. Absolutely, like public teams have been covering and sports books are going to make that money back. Maybe it starts here with the Steelers and they're a public dog, but yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to power through. I think, I think somehow, some way you say 23 or 21, 10, I'll go 21, 13 under. So was it totals 36? So under still cashes. I, uh, cash my Steelers bet and my Buffalo bills future to win the Super Bowl. Lives another week. so And gets to play at home again next week, which is big. Yep. Next game. Um, probably going to be the most viewed football game of the weekend. The Green Bay Packers. Of the season. At the um, Dallas Cowboys. 4.30 Eastern Standard kickoff. The Packers are 7.5 point underdogs in Dallas. Uh, the total is, what is it? Fifteen and a half. Fifteen and a half, yep. Um I like the I like the Packers here. I do. I think the Cowboys are a bit on the fraudulent side. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is, essentially. And I'm not I'm not someone who's I'm aware of the Cowboys covering as home favorites in the Mike McCarthy era. We've talked about that really since you know, you've started coming on my podcast last year. Like this isn't a new thing. So I don't, I don't even mean it as disrespect in terms of like them being able to cover the number. I just think they're going to tend, they're going to get tight in the playoffs. And I think Mike McCarthy kind of shits his pants. Dak Prescott shits his pants in the playoffs. I have more that I'll mix in there, but, but what do you think about this matchup? I, Probably won't play it, but my lean is Cowboys. You're not interested in a teaser here. If I if I if I wasn't so heavy into the Packers here, I would love the Texans teased up and the uh, Dallas Cowboys teased down. 
I almost want to do it for like a middle. Yeah, I could see that. I like Texans plus eight and a half, Bills minus four, Cowboys minus one and a half. Yeah, I wouldn't do the minus four, but I, I hear, but I hear you. And you, you know, I wouldn't. But you know, it's all good. I, I it doesn't mean it doesn't win. We could keep going because Rams plus nine looks juicy too. That's that's the one that I would I would prefer that one over the over the. Uh, over Eagles the plus three, I like a lot. <laughs> Actually, maybe I'll just you know what? That's probably what I'll do. Just like, why not just f around? Throw a six leg teaser on the teams I like. Yeah, I mean the Rams. I, Matthew Stafford is the backdoor cover god. Like plus nine, if you tease that up, that is never at a gonna, range. I think they're gonna win. We're gonna talk about that. You know, you know, I you know, I, love I know the Rams. you think they're gonna win. <laughs> no, but yeah. I, I think they're gonna win. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's always an upset on Wild Card Weekend. Like it's it's inevitable that somebody's winning. And if you're ranking the underdogs, I've got the Rams at number one. Yeah. And the Texans. Well, I, maybe the Texans, I guess. But kind of a coin flip between those two teams. I don't like the Bucks at all. I don't think the Packers are going to win. Definitely don't think the Steelers are going to win. Really, don't think the Dolphins are going to win. Yeah, I'd probably power rank it Texans, Rams. But um I thought this was interesting. So the only quarterback I do like the I, I like the over here though. I know it's a high number and I know I'm typically the under guy, but uh I think it's gonna be a pretty wide open game. Like the way the Packers are and playing in a dome, it's gonna be a fast game. Both teams wanna chuck the ball. I like the over in this one. It's the one over I think I like this weekend. You know, my concern with that is Matt Lafleur gets actually he he gets conservative in the play in, in the playoffs and just in like you know like fourth and short situations he's actually more of a conservative coach and we've seen Mike McCarthy freeze up too. That's my only concern, but I but I hear you. Um, so the only quarterback playing better than Jordan Love since like week nine is Dak Prescott. I think this is a trip. So Jordan Love threw 4,159 yards this year. His most productive wide receiver is Jaden Reed, who had 793 receiving yards. Dak threw 4,500 passing yards. CeeDee Lamb had 1,750. Like, I know Joe Barry's not a very good defensive coordinator, but it's the, the game plan is staring you at the face. You, you double CeeDee Lamb, like, all right, go ahead, bro. Sure, Brandon Cooks, Jake Ferguson, go ahead. Give it a shot because we're taking away this guy. And like the Niners did that, what, in back-to-back years? I don't think CD. I remember betting CD Lamb's over yards like two years ago, and I think he had like two catches for like 15 yards against the, against the 49ers. Again, like that, their defense is much better than the Packers, but like the game plan staring at you. It is like, you know? Yeah. Any, any disagreement there? Nope. Um, also, the, the 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 Cowboys rushing defense is dead last in success rate, and Jordan Love's quarterback rating goes from ninety without play action to one hundred and thirteen point seven with play action. You know the the the, the Packers want to run the ball. Lafleur is actually a really good play caller and play sequencer. Green, Green Bay has more yak per completion than Dallas. So I think they're going to hit him with some body blows and then and then work the play action. Um, I just 
given how bad the Cowboys' rush defense is, and I think their defense is a little overrated. Green Bay's offensive line is actually sick. I just think 7.5 is too much here. I probably will end up sprinkling on the money line, but without a lot of like conviction. It's just like one of those things that I feel like I should do, right? I mean, what's the money line right now? It's it's got to be at least two eighty five. Three to one on FanDuel. Two eighty five at DraftKings. Three to one at FanDuel points bet and BetMGM. I mean, a little quarter unit springs. Come on. All right. I don't. I don't have to talk you into I'm that. I'm just letting you. I'm just letting you talk your way through it. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I got nothing to add. All right. I, look, this is one of those. I, I say this on the pod all the time. It's terrible content, but sometimes I just want to watch a football game. I think there's a chance this Cowboys-Packers game ends up being a very exciting game, an interesting game. Entire country is going to watch it. Part of me just wants to kind of watch it, enjoy it, and not have a rooting interest. Fair enough. I'm going to be gambling on this shit. Yeah, obviously. All I've right. got my new. I've got my new obsession with college basketball, so I'll just I'll stick to that. Yeah, the Horizon League. I do love the Horizon League, man. And HBCUs. ESPN Plus, man. We we trash ESPN all the time, but the greatest thing that they offer is these random-ass college basketball games, and pretty much all of them are available. I'm I'm an ESPN Plus subscriber. You, They have the hockey package on there, right? So I get to watch the Rangers, get to watch golf. So I can't watch the Rangers on there because of where I live. I have to watch the Rangers on my cable. But you have MSG out there, yeah? That's what I'm saying, yeah. So I don't use it. What I'm saying is I don't use it for hockey because the Rangers games aren't. I can't watch them on there. They're always blocked out. I, I miss MSG. Not that I would because I love MSG because Sam Rosen's just the GOAT. Absolutely. Who's the who's the color guy? Is it Joe Micheletti? Joe Micheletti. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Sam Rosen is the GOAT. He passed Gary Thorne a few years ago as the greatest hockey commentator alive. I love him. And I met him once and he was the could not have been any nicer than he was. I believe it. All right. Like, and he's one of those guys who, like, I rode an elevator with him, and he, like, and I didn't even want to, like, I was a little bit starstruck, which is weird. It's like a hockey play, but, like, he started a conversation with me. Really? Yeah. What did you guys talk about? He just, he asked me, like, because, you know, I was in a media elevator, and he probably he didn't recognize, like, I don't go to a lot of Rangers games as a media member, right? And he was just like, oh, you know, what are you, who are you? What do you, what do you do? What do you, what do you work for? At the time, I worked for ESPN, so I told him that, and he was like, oh, that's really cool. What do you, he was like, Struck up a conversation and then started asking me questions. He was interested. And he was either interested or pretending to be, but either way, like, yeah. who does that? Yeah, I mean, he made you feel, I don't know, like you guys are friends. That's awesome. Sam Rosen, I that had, shit. He's also the type of guy, too. I My buddy had a did a fundraiser, I think, with his company, and Sam Rosen was there, some kind of charity golf event or something. He, he texted me, and he's like... uh that's the Rangers uh, play-by-play guy, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, anything you want me to say to him? I was like, ask him if he remembers when I met this guy in the elevator who worked at, you know, whatever. And he's like, all right. He goes, he says he absolutely remembers that conversation. <laughs> I was like, even if he doesn't, what a guy. What Dan a guy. Z, how could I forget? How could I forget? <laughs> Love Sam Rosen. Sorry. Uh, all right. Moving along, though. The Saturday night main event. Um, well, I guess the Packers, Cowboys is the biggest game. But Rams at the Lions. Rams are getting three points. It's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Um, total super high. I'm not touching that, even though I do think it could turn into a shootout. 
Rams got the better coach, better quarterback, better defense. If this gets to a one-score game, give me Stafford over Goff. I'm not a Goff hater. I actually kind of like him. And I like Dan Campbell, but the Rams are the hottest team in the NFL since their Week 11 bye, 7-1 straight up, 6-2 and against the spread. Only loss is to Baltimore in overtime. They have the fourth-best offensive efficiency over that span. Stafford is a top-five quarterback, essentially, over that span. And this game kind of reminds me of the Giants-Vikings in the wildcard round last season, where the Giants were a very public underdog. And you just kind of, everyone just kind of felt like they were going to put it on the Vikings, and they ended up do, doing that. And I, it feels similar with the Rams, where everyone kind of circled this matchup and was like, the, how unlucky would the Lions be if they had to play the Rams? You know, and it happened, and I I know, I'm sure you can help me here with the betting splits. I'm assuming the Rams are the more popular team. Um, and that does have me a little nervous, but then, I again, I was put at ease when I thought, you know what, it just has Giants-Vikings vibes from last year. Yeah, the Rams are 63% spread uh, on DraftKings. Um, I knew that, I, though. I just... So this is an interesting matchup because although, I mean, obviously Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. I'm kind of with you, though, that like I worry a little bit about Dan Campbell. This is the most pressure he's really ever faced. Um, I know he's beloved, but, you know, he makes some he makes some gutsy and risky calls. Uh, it's kind of what I talked about last week and it came true. Um, why I like the Texans Colts under which was I thought Steichen and Ryans would get a little conservative. If you notice, there were a couple spots where I was like, they're going for that earlier in the year. There's no question in my mind that that is a playoff punt. Um, I think Campbell probably has a little bit of that. I, You know, it's just one of those things where I almost think the home crowd works against them a little bit because there's just so much excitement in Detroit, but so much expectation and like just that air of potential disappointment just always hangs over Detroit. And I don't think Stafford or McVay, again, who are Super Bowl champions, are going to have any problem handling going into Detroit. Um, I think the moment might just be a little too big for this Lions team right now. And I like the Rams as well. Didn't the Rams go into Lambeau and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on their way to the Super Bowl? They did, right? I, yes. They yes. went to Tampa Bay. In the Bay. divisional round. Yeah. They went to Tampa Bay in the conference championship match. Is that how it went? I don't remember exactly, but I did have to look this up earlier today because of uh, Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee. So I had to go see when Rodgers last appeared on the show. Uh, regardless, though, we're on the same page here. I just think that, you know, I do think the Rams are the better team. And I've, this isn't like, Recency bias, you know this. All the listeners of the, the, this podcast know I've been high in the Rams the entire Actually, year. Actually, if anything, it's confirmation bias. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I just think the Rams. I think the Rams get them out. I think. I think the Super Bowl. It's just. It's just wide open. Like, I do think I would be. I would be surprised if the Niners aren't playing for the Super Bowl. Yeah, me too. And I think. I think the Niners would love it if the Rams beat Detroit and they got to play the Rams next week. I think that's a perfect matchup and he, and a matchup that San Francisco would relish. 
Do you think they would prefer to play the Rams than the, than the Lions? Well, they wouldn't play the Lions, so oh, then they I would see. probably get the Eagles. Then, yes, I think they would. I do think, I know, I think they'd rather play the Rams than the Eagles, yes, for sure. The Rams played them better, though, earlier this year. They 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 boat raced the Eagles. You just got to think if the Eagles, we're going to talk about them, the Eagles advance, and they're probably healthy, right? So then you don't, you know, NFC champion getting closer to full strength. I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. All right. The uh, Super Wild Card Weekend Finale, Eagles at the Buccaneers. Um, the Eagles are three-point favorites, or is it down to two and a half officially? Uh, it's listed at three with minus 102 juice, so it's, it's very close to, to turning, it looks like. And the total, which I have a play in, um, is 44. I'm going to go under the total here. Um, I went under the total when these guys met on Monday Night Football in week three in Tampa Bay. Philly beat them 25-11. The trends fit this, really. Um, I'm not really a trends better, but Philly's 2-7 towards the under on the road. Tampa Bay's 2-6 towards the under at home. Monday Night Football is 5-14 to the under the season. Neither team should be able to run the ball. Tampa Bay's rushing defense is really good. Um, but they can't run the ball for shit. And I know there are some great we, – we don't have any of these this year, which is kind of interesting. We don't have any divisional matchups in the wild card round. Yeah, yeah. And those always go under. Like that is a locked and loaded trend. If divisional opponents meet in the wild card round, bet the under. But we don't – I just I, – I hadn't really thought about it, but we don't have any of those this week. No, yeah, that's a good point. The only one we could have had was if the Dolphins had won, they'd be playing the Bills, but – yeah, it's interesting. I also saw a video about this, um, and I used this once for the Lions-Ravens handicap, but Stephen A. Smith said the Baker Mayfield would light up Philly's defense. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm going to bet that doesn't happen. Because <laughs> Philly's defense is reeling. Baker, Baker's had an, an awesome year. Credit to him. He kept his job. He's he's gonna be a, a, so, a starting quarterback next year. Yeah, got the betting splits here. Under is very popular in this one. Sixty eight percent on the bets. Uh, DraftKings on the under. It's um, a bummer. This is interesting though. Philly is more popular on the spread than they are on the money line. Um, so I think people are thinking they might be able to sneak in a Bucks outright win, which just makes me feel better about Philly, who I will bet at minus three for sure absolute certainty well if actually if it's gonna get to minus two and a half i'm gonna wait and see if i can't grab that but as soon as it hits two and a half you gotta fire though you gotta be like updating the the, the sheet because yeah. i can't I, I assume there's gonna be influential money who are gonna be betting the two and a half like all right give me all right i'll take the two and a half i i don't know how you can't here i really don't i mean really we're gonna like we think baker mayfield's gonna you gotta, I mean, because again, if you're if you're betting a team at plus two and a half, you think there's a pretty good shot they're going to win the game. Pretty good, and that's I mean, obviously you're taking the two and a half, but you're thinking there's a pretty good shot they're going to win the football game. Yeah. I I find it hard to believe that Baker Mayfield's going to win against the Eagles. Yeah, in the playoffs, I just I, I there's like I my brain you, won't even team, allow me to think okay, about it. Okay, let me try to make some pro bucks arguments here. Go right? ahead, please. So, outside of Baker Mayfield. They have a roster full of champions. Like they, they're experienced as well, right? Um, the Eagles. This is not even a secret. They are just 
limping across the finish line. They backed into the playoffs at an epic rate or in an epic way. Like I think they're the only team the the only team to ever start 10 and 1 and not win 12 games in the uh, in the history of the NFL. Um that I, I'm a believer in in Tampa Bay's defense. That kid Antoine Winfield Jr. is an absolute stud. And that wide receiving core is really, really banged up. Jalen Hurts has a broken hand, or not a broken hand, uh, I think a broken finger. Look look broken, dislocated. So that's kind of part of the, the, the pro the Bucks arguments, but Philly just Philly held them to 174 total yards in their first meeting. <laughs> they gave up 382 to Mac Jones in week one. <laughs> like yeah, what, it, this what, could be a bad matchup for the Bucks. It could be. This is what this is perfect. Eagles defense is like much maligned. This is a cure for what ails you. Baker Mayfield in the playoffs. Yeah. Not a good offensive line. You know, like if I'm confident anything in this game, it's going to be that the and this is part of my under bet though, it's that Philly's defensive line is showing up. Like Jalen Carter, Fletcher Cox, well, Hassan Reddick, like they're they're gonna ball out. Yeah. I look I think the Eagles right now it's just it's a buy low spot. Um that's pretty much all I got on it. That's all you need. Any player props or anything? I didn't even start looking. Uh, yeah. Are they out? Like, it's still kind of early in the week. Yeah, I don't even, they don't even really have, um, yeah, I guess they do. Ooh, CJ Stroud, two passing touchdowns is plus money. Don't hate that look. I kind of want to go under CD Lamb, a hundred and a half in rush, uh, receiving yards. Because I just think that that the the game plan is just staring you in the face. Like even even if you get carved up by the other guys, like you just don't don't let CD Lamb beat you. I'd have to look. I don't know enough about how the Packers approach number one wideouts, like clear number one wideouts. So we'll have to see. Like you're wondering if Jair Alexander is going to chase him around the, the just in general screen. how they would how they approach it if, if they do think the same way you do like let's take that guy away or maybe they don't some teams don't think that way at least they're like you know yeah. are they gonna shade are they gonna sh- are they gonna shadow are they going to um are they gonna cheat safeties over i don't know i'd like to know i don't know enough i have to look into that so you did kind of point out a flaw um in my handicapping process, I guess part of me is like coaching this bet. Like, what do, I don't know what Joe Barry's going to do, and I didn't look into that tendency. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm using common sense, but to your point, that doesn't necessarily means it mean it happens. You know. So, either way, I do think there are other outs for the Packers to cover seven and a half. Like, Ceedee Lamb could still he could score two touchdowns, go for 150 yards, and they could still cover. You know. In fact. They did last year. Granted, it was Aaron Rodgers, but like CeeDee Lamb just crushed the Packers defense and the Packers ended up winning 31-28 anyways. CeeDee Lamb is minus 185 to score a touchdown. I yeah. wish I could bet the other side of what, that. What, you're at DraftKings? What, what do they have as receiving prop at? Is that 100.5 as well? 
Because a guy I know, and a half. So a guy I know has it a hundred point. I gotta bet that actually. <laughs> <laughs> you got four yards of value. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I could scout. But can I put in a bet with you through DraftKings? I'm gonna get, try to middle and try to get 98 yards. Uh oh man, that's a trip. Yeah. All right, so I am. They're ben. not a partner, right? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna bash them if if I'm allowed. They're not. We're partnerless. <laughs> all right, good. Because so go ahead and burn all the bridges. The- DraftKings annoys the shit out of me when it comes to player props because they juice them, uh, like they juice them, and it's it's bullshit, is what it is. Is it? Are they bigger violators of that than other sports books? I don't know, but I'm looking at it right now, and CD Lamb's over is minus one fifteen, and his under is minus one fifteen. Yeah, and that's annoying. That is annoying, but I, I I've seen that with a lot of legal U.S. shops. Why? I don't get it. Um, yeah, because un- I can, I guess. I feel it's like FanDuel is purposefully undercutting DraftKings because they have it at minus 114, minus 114. <laughs> like, we will give you one one penny on the dollar back from DraftKings. Yeah, you can omit, I think. It is definitely what they are doing. Like one hundred percent. Why else would yes. they all be listed at minus one? Yeah. If they could, they would do one fourteen point five. You know what I mean? I have to check. I, I'm also. Uh, I mean, uh, whatever. Hey, they're giving you check. minus one fifteen. We'll give you so minus curious. one. We'll give you minus one fourteen point eight. That's not enough to entice people, though. I like the one. I like the one point. Like that's enough to possibly yeah. make someone go. Like I'd rather place my bet here. No, I know, but I'm saying if it was enough to entice people, they would, <laughs> you know? Oh, totally. I'm looking right now to see. I'm just curious if everyone does this. Yeah, I guess they all kind of do. I mean, I guess if one does it, they might as well all do it, right? Because you're not really losing anything, and you get free value on it. Yeah. I'm but still I, annoyed. I do think, yeah, I do think that's kind of like an industry thing <clears throat> anyways, just with player props, because they are like, sharper markets usually that's interesting you know they also do it on live bets i've noticed that like as soon as the game tips off because i've obviously been betting a lot of college basketball i love live betting college basketball by the way because of the the crazy swings um very frequently when like a team i like going into the night goes down by like 10 or 12 early like i hammer their whatever it is that's it's actually been a very successful strategy for me is live betting college hoops I mean, it's even better in the NBA because of the three-point shot. But I know you don't really, you know, care about the NBA. Yeah, the NBA is stupid. Right, I will never you. bet the NBA on, especially regular season, because the, you know, the difference between college and NBA just on the regular season is like I don't know going into any given game how much NBA players care about that game. College basketball, like they want to win every game, and the regular season games really matter. You know, when it comes to tournament time and stacking up your resume and all that, like it matters. So that's why I much prefer to bet college basketball. I don't have any, I don't have to think about the motivation. You know, you can guarantee motivation in college basketball. I'm with you. Exactly. You just can't guarantee any production. No idea what anybody's going to care about. Any NBA player is going to care about it. You just can't guarantee production, coaching or uh, officiating at all (laughs) in college basketball. Definitely free throws because free throws have been absolutely just like ruining my life. I've every Every single March, around like March 9th, I'm reminded just how bad the officiating in college basketball is. 
It's just like, holy, it, it's epic. It's epically bad. That's not what we're here to discuss. Dude, try betting on Horizon League games, and you want to see how bad the refereeing is? You think it's bad in, like, the Big Ten or the SEC? Yeah, go watch a Horizon League game. <laughs> yeah, Those have, are high school referees. Think of volunteer referees. These dudes, and this this is what's so funny, and I think we talked about this, but, like, when, you know, they, they, like, juice it towards the home court advantage, and I'm looking at a gym that's empty. Literally empty. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we get a home court advantage playing in an empty gym? I don't know. It's – it's I. Oh, ESPN bet does. Dude, the, I uh, used to love in college. Um, we would go to I'd go to the the baseball games, and there was really no one in the stands, and you could like, like legit heckle like the the first base coach, like he oh, could hear you. Oh, <laughs> oh no yeah, like I'm no like questions. thirty feet away from him, call him a pussy. <laughs> I would. <laughs> yeah. uh, just saying, just reckless things that you know, like if he was like, hey. Like if he, if he wanted to whoop my ass, he definitely could have. Um, all right, so officially I'm going with the Texans plus two and a half. Chiefs minus – I bet it minus four. I'd bet it up to minus five. Uh, Steelers plus ten. Packers plus seven and a half. Rams plus two – or plus three. I, I'd bet down – really pick them. I just think they're going to win out, right? I'm going under 44 in Eagles Bucks. All right. I am going to make my picks – Officially, I am going to go Texans plus the points and the under. I am going to go under 36 Bills Steelers. I'm going to go over 50 and a half Packers Cowboys. I'm going to go Rams plus three and Eagles minus three. All right. Good stuff, Dan Z. Where can people yes, keep up with you? your social commentary and your college basketball analysis. Oh man, I got so much going on. You can follow me on X at real Dan Zach. Follow me on outkick, outkick.com slash dance dash Zachshevsky author page. I'm, I'm everywhere, buddy. I'm it's people are going to dig up these podcasts and try to find me saying stuff, which I probably have when I get famous and then try to tear me down and cancel me. It's going to be great. All right. Uh, on that note, let's go over to the Bark and Dog <laughs> segment with the Fox News homie Scott Martin. You better hope you never get famous because the shit you say is definitely getting you canceled at oh. some point. Oh, I am expect. I can't. The first time I go on TV, I will be canceled 20 minutes later. <laughs> it's over for me. All right. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Our super wild card weekend betting extravaganza rolls along. With Fox News financial analyst and homie Scott Martin here for his Barking Dog segment. Scott, great to have you back, buddy. Great to be all the way to the playoffs, Jeff. Uh, we're actually getting good matchups in every uh, game, which is good. And uh, the public's still probably getting fooled on some of these Barking Dogs, man. So, hey, more money to be made, I guess. You better hope. Fading the public is your main thing. It actually works, too, very much. Thank you. And uh, I'll tell you. It's one of those things where we're trying to find the bets, Jeff, that the public obviously is overconfident on, that feel absolutely horrible, that feel absolutely gross and disgusting, hence the barking dogs, and a, a bet that just doesn't seem like it would be possible. But those are the bets, as we've learned over the years, as betting, betting with the public and or betting as a sharp, those are the bets that win the most. It's the ones that do not feel right, that don't look right, and that frankly don't seem that they're going to win right, and they do. 
Are you nervous at all about just fading the public in the playoffs only because like on on either wh- whichever side the public is on is going to be on a good team, right? They all have winning records. They're all, you know, have reasons you can make that they would win the game or cover. So like do you make any adjustments in your model? Like do you do you upweight the components based on more on stats and downweight the public splits or do you just roll as uh, along with the pretty much the same info from the regular season stuff? Absolutely no changes whatsoever, my man, because it's still the same theory. It's the same mantra, mean reversion, all the stuff we talk about when the public's hot, they get not hot for after a while and then they go back the other way. But here's the thing, man. The key point on, on your question is the fact that there's the spread out there. And that's exactly what I think the public kind of gets deceived on is they go out to the betting window, you go to your favorite uh, betting site, and they see a spread that is the equalizer, number one, but number two, that looks too good to be true, or a spread that just draws them in, brings them into the veterinary clinic, as you know, many of these sick dogs do. And the idea is using that spread as the equalizer to say, okay, now we've quote unquote equalized these teams, or at least Vegas has. So now we want to be on the team that the public does not like. And therefore, when we've got points coming to us in some cases like this weekend, I feel great about some of these bets or all of them, frankly. I sure hope so, because we got some listeners that are going to follow your advice and also fade the public and go with your barking dog. So let's start with the first one. Uh, It's a Saturday game, the actual first game of the Super Wild Card weekend. Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. The Browns, two and a half point favorites on the road against the AFC South champions. What do you, what are you thinking here? Kind of an interesting spread. If you ask me, this is one of those ones that kind of stood out. It's something that just doesn't quite feel right. I guess um, just because of the fact that I think it, it makes some sense though, because of the fact that the public does like Cleveland in this game. So hence we're taking the Texans plus the points, but more so too, Jeff, because the Texans have been this kind of Cinderella feel good story this year and been a, been a public favorite in some of these games that the public has done very well on and betting the Texans and, as far as covering spreads. And so the Browns, too, having maybe more of a of a nostalgic story of, of, of a Browns team that finally deserves to maybe win some playoffs games and make a, a deep run in the playoffs here. So this is a great matchup for the public to be uh, split on and, and so much more on the Browns, actually, uh, as it's come in now with the data points I've analyzed. So they're really fading. The, they're really leading the Browns here as far as what they're betting and then fading the Texans. And so we're taking the Texans. And I'll tell you what's also kind of interesting about this matchup as far as how I think the public perceives it. Um, Texans really have no business being in the playoffs other than the fact that C.J. Stroud has played out of his lights or out of his mind rather, but hit lights out into the fact that the Texans have been basically a beneficiary of a, of a crappy division. And so what you're also going to see is the public kind of analyze that data, see the fact that Joe Flacco has basically been resurrected and resurrected that Browns office, offense and taken the Browns to actually probably a team they should have been when they first acquired Deshaun Watson against a team like the Texans that the public doesn't really probably know a ton about. And C.J. Stroud just coming back off the injury of recent uh, weeks and also still having a little bit of a weakened receiver core and still having that kind of unsure, let's say, or not quite the proven track record that some of the other players have on the Brown side. And therefore, the public's fading them. And that's why I want to be on the Texans as a home team getting points. Yeah, I think the Texans' defense is actually pretty strong. Um, everyone talks about the Cleveland Browns' defense, but they suck on the road. I'm sure they'll play pretty good against the rookie making his first playoff start but I actually pushed back on that narrative as well dude as I talked about with Dan it's like what wasn't a playoff game about week 18 for the Texans that that was a playoff game it was you lose you go home 
That's that's what a playoff game essentially is. So I think he kind of got some playoff experience, C.J. Stroud, and, and the rookie head coach, D'Amico Ryans, last week against the uh, Indianapolis Colts on the road. So they're going to be playing home. Um, I also think their defensive, their pass rushers can can cause Flacco to make some mistakes. They already saw him a couple weeks ago, so they have a little more game film and a little more knowledge of what he likes to do. And I love the Texans' defense in this spot. I, I like your analysis, and too, you, you brought up the, another another kind of interesting spot of this is like the Browns were at Houston, so it's basically the setup of the same game that they had on Christmas Eve, mind you, when they were all out passing gifts to each other, mainly. The, the Texans offense was doing this as the Browns beat the Texans by 14 points, 36 to 22. So the, the public knows that Jeff, like they're, they're processing that they're seeing those numbers. They're seeing the stats in that game where effectively it was not, there, that game wasn't even maybe even that close as the score would even indicate. I mean, Amari Cooper had a franchise record in receiving that day. The, the Texans uh, secondary was completely clueless when it came to Amari and some of the other guys that were running patterns that day for some weird, some weird points. So it's, it's, it's probably going to be fresh in the public's mind that even if the Browns repeat some of that performance from when they were at Houston a few weeks ago, they can still cover the spread. And that's why, too, Jeff, the Vegas folks are enticing the spread, or enticing the public, by the way, by having that spread so low. So the public comes in and says, okay, we can just cover it by a field goal. No problem. We'll take the Browns all day long. That's when you got to take the Texans, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what the public also probably isn't picking up on. The Cleveland Browns covered, or excuse me, closed as three. I already, I already mentioned this with Dan Z. They closed as three-point favorites in Houston on Christmas Eve. Houston started Case Keenum, pulled him for Davis Mills. And now Yikes. they're only two and a half point uh under are there two and a half point underdogs with CJ Stroud. Simply put, CJ Stroud is more than a half point upgrade over Case Keenum and da- Davis Mills. Absolutely. And that's too another another game too. Another game, let's say later in the Texans season, when they have more experience. When they have more experience with the new coaching that they've had this year, when they have more experience playing big games at home as they have recently. And so the Browns kind of come in here as this likable team we're hoping they're gonna go really far like you know that guy in the pg-13 movie that hopefully kisses that girl in high school this is a total (laughs) setup letdown just like it was for me in high school with that girl i was chasing and the public coming in here thinking they can steal one because they're getting fooled good stuff we'll we'll just segue out of that (laughs) trend out of that analogy that was a great that that was awesome no that was that was perfect all right let's talk about your next barking dog uh, you're going to the NFC now on a, a Sunday, right? The headline or the main event on Sunday, the Detroit Lions hosting the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are getting three. Another yeah, dog. Really fun game. This one, yeah, I really actually, fun. I got to be honest, based on your history here on the Outkick Bets podcast, I thought you were going to be taking the, the Lions because we have different betting splits you and I analyze, but most of the stuff that I'm seeing is that the public is on the Rams here. So I figured you'd be taking, you'd be thinking there was going to be a public dog getting slaughtered because you've played that angle successfully several times this year. So walk us through this Rams pick. Yeah. And that's the theory, man, is we want the dog. So whoever the dog shows up to be, that's the one we're on. And I probably would have liked that to be the lions here, but it, it makes sense that as far as where the public money is, um, they're, they're, they're on the Lions, man. I mean, the public loves the Lions, loves the story. It's a really fun matchup, like you said, the main event on Sunday night and a game that just, you know, has Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit. It's got Jared Goff standing for 
uh, Detroit in the backfield when he when he formerly was with the Rams and yada 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 and just a really probably heated matchup or at least a fun matchup from the standpoint of two teams that um, needed to needed to face each other in the playoffs and I'm glad they are but the public is is you know we analyze a few sources of data and the public isn't overly um, uh, let's say audacious on this one but they're about 56 57 percent uh, so far as we record this pod Jeff on uh, Wednesday afternoon on the Lions so that doesn't surprise me though I mean look the Lions have the public favor. They have the story from a great season and a not bad season last season as well. Dan Campbell seems to be uh, getting a lot of likes on the internet. And, and frankly, when Detroit's been in these primetime games, man, they've looked pretty good. In fact, they've looked damn near unstoppable, at least on offense, when it comes to just how much they throw the ball around the field and how much they run the ball down the, uh, down the middle. So this makes sense that the public likes them. And two, and I think something you've been on a lot this year, the Rams are one of those teams that the public is kind of left behind. And that's probably because of the injuries. It's probably because they play out in L.A. and it's SoFi Stadium. And there's just not a lot of, let's say, heat that the Rams put off no this year cares. as a football team. No that's one right. cares you know, in L.A. Nobody cares. Dude, there's always more fans of the other team than the Rams at SoFi. You know that. And same with the Chargers. But it's that's a, cool. It's a Lakers town. The- that's just what people right. just need to understand. Like the, the Lakers are team one, two, and three out here. Since Robert Ori and all those guys left, I thought they would lose it, but the public still loves them. You know what I mean? And it's also, too, the perfect kind of situation where that benefits our strategy because the public says, oh, you know, the Rams aren't that good. They're coming across country. They're doing this. They're doing that. That's not even the case. The case is here. The Rams are not able to be, let's say, fully evaluated by the public just from the standpoint of the public, like I said, has written them off. The, the Lions, on the other hand, have all the public favor, have all the public view and all the public sites from everything they've done this year. So the Rams basically come in as this really um, unfavored, let's say, team that nobody really even wants to consider. And so with the public heavily on the on the Lions, rather, and the Rams coming in, which I think is a team that's just as good as the Lions almost and getting points, I want the Rams all day long here, man. Well, the line is saying that these teams are pretty much equal on a neutral field. I would assume they're giving Detroit a full three points for home field, being as though they're hosting a playoff game for, I don't, I don't even know the last time they hosted a playoff game. I don't know. I mean, last since the war, uh, in like five <laughs> wars ago, you know, right. um, I mean, you, you and I were not even like a, a sprinkle in the eye for our parents. And it, I'll say what else is interesting too. If you think about the team that comes in that has nothing to lose, it's probably the lions or the, the Rams rather. And a team that has everything to lose or a lot of, let's say just pressure mounting on them as this game goes on and maybe it's close, maybe it's not whatever the lions start feeling that pressure and they don't want to blow it in front of their fans. It's a Sunday night. Everybody probably has the Monday at, at the Monday morning, at least afternoon or whatever, off the next day. So people are going to be fired up and ready to do this thing. And I just don't think the Lions, exactly from the spread too, from the Lions standpoint of where they are in the spread, Jeff, around three, that to me is too enticing for the public to lay off. And that's where we want to be is on that other side. You just made two awesome points that me and Danzy didn't touch on, which is effectively Thanks. the playoff experience here that the Rams have. And... The fact that they are playing with house money. No one thought they were going to be good this year, and yet they have an accomplished pedigreed team that, again, is playing with house money. So we have agreement. I'm on the Rams. I'm on the Texans as well. So um, hopefully we're making money together this weekend. I think this one looks really good. It's one of my favorite games of the weekend, buddy. Yeah. Um, I've been planning to bet the Rams in the playoffs the whole year, so I'm happy we're here and I get you that chance. You love the Rams. I do. I you really do. Uh, I know you do. Um, all right, let's talk about your final pick here in Super Wild Card Weekend. 
You're going to yeah, last, outside of the weekend, actually, Monday. Yeah, but it, and this is a true uh, barking dog in the sense that this is one, one of those bets that just feels like it's going to go the other way. And the public obviously feels that way, too, because um, they're, they're heavy on, on this team um, as far as the team we're, we're going to fade. Um, the team that they're heavy on is, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles, if you didn't have a guess. So they're scoring about 62 63% so far on the Philadelphia Eagles against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Philadelphia, minus three. And the Tampa Bay Bucks, Jeff, basically limp into the playoffs. Nothing really to be excited about. Nothing that kind of uh, consequential going on with them. They'd almost had a chance to uh, blow it in the last week of the season and not make the playoffs. Got in. Uh, Philadelphia, too, you could say limped into the playoffs as far as, you know, lost the division but still had a good enough record to where they're, they're, um, they're, they're still formidable, let's say. And they still had a good season, but obviously not maybe as good as it looked like it was going to be after, say, 10 weeks or 11 weeks in. But here's the thing. Um, the Buccaneers have kind of been that untapped resource. They've been that offense that just does enough to get over the hump but doesn't do much more. Philadelphia, as we know, arrows pointing down on them. They seem like they're having some internal team strife. Got a couple injuries here and there. Jalen Hurts has been anything but. Uh, the last several weeks, I don't know what's going on with him exactly. He doesn't seem to seem like he's the same kind of type of quarter, quarterback. But this, too, is a home team for the Buccaneers. It's a three-point spread. So, like you said uh, before, you know, it's kind of one of those spreads that looks really good for the public where they feel they can cover this by just a, say, whimsical field goal at the end of the game. But also, too, the fact that the Buccaneers have a, a team that wins these type of games. And Philadelphia, don't get me wrong, has had a great season but could start feeling a lot of that angst and a lot of that kind of, oh, here we go again, just like week 16, week 17, et cetera. We start to blow these leads. We blow these games, and then they get tense. They get tight. And believe me, you, man, that crowd is going to be wild in Tampa. They want Tampa to obviously pull this one out, given that's in Tampa. And that's just a tough setup. Last game of the week, that's a tough setup for Philadelphia to come in here and certainly cover, and I think the Bucks actually win this game. Yeah, the injury situation for both teams kind of makes this a stay away for me for the sides. Um, Philadelphia just truck-stick Tampa Bay earlier this year and in week yeah. three, and that's probably why you're seeing more money coming on the Eagles. I'm, obviously, them representing the NFC last year in the Super Bowl is a big indication, and the sports books did a good job bringing this number so far down that it's going to entice people to bet the Eagles despite how poorly they have played down the stretch. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, injuries to Hurts, Smith, AJ are. Brown. And, and I can't, I can't do it. No, it's true. And Devontae Smith, it's tough. And Darius Slay is questionable. Um, it, it's just, it's a tough setup because this game is going to be, it's going to be a great game. But it's also the the situation where I, I thought the public Jeff would be a little bit more on Tampa because of the decline in the Eagles' play and because of the injuries. But so far, public is taking the bet. They're taking the bait. They're taking the bet minus three. And the Bucks, like you said, have a little bit more kind of, let's say, house money to play with here when it comes to the fact that Philadelphia was basically going to run away, run away with the NFC about five weeks ago. And it's been anything but since that. And so I think the Buccaneers have a little bit more of that, say, um, moxie when it comes to a close game that it's going to be with the crowd going crazy and everything on Monday night to kind of pull this one out and put Eagles to bed finally after they had this decline. Yeah, to your point about house money, Baker and Todd Bowles already saved their jobs. So a mission accomplished this year and, and kind of go out there and play loose. Um, I think Baker, if he could stay healthy, and he's put together with paper mache right now, but if he's good enough to play, I'm sure they'll shoot him up with drugs and painkillers so he'll be able to go out there and flip, fling it downfield. He can make some plays against the secondary. So my own, my other thing here and why it's a stay away is every time I bet on the Buccaneers, I win. 
Um, so maybe I should bet on them, but every time I fade them, I lose. So I don't know. I'm like pretty much well, 50 just bet 50. on them and then and we're good. I know. Just, you just answered your question, dude. We can make the listeners happy. You can make me happy for once. Bet on the Bucks and be done with it. What I might do, actually, I might tease the Bucks up and the total up. So go under 50 and then Bucks plus nine. I know you're not really supposed yeah. to tease totals, but you got to get a little weird. It's the playoffs have to get weird and it's going to be a weird game too man it's going to be one of those games where a lot the teams are going to try to feel each other out we're going to see who's more nervous who's got a better game plan and i think it's going to be tight throughout but the bucks seem like they're ready to take this one and plus two the fact that the eagles even if they have a lot of those players that are questionable or say doubtful play you still have the bucks team that's way healthier playing at home a lot more kind of rest in the last few weeks versus the angst that philadelphia has been going through and that's not a good spot for them yeah they got a team full of champions outside of baker mayfield yeah, and Sirianni suddenly, like, people are wondering if he's going to keep his job for crying out loud. So you've got a lot of things that the Eagles could be distracted with, including the injuries and everything. And the Bucks basically can can lean on the home crowd. They can lean on the home field, and they can bring this one home themselves. Yeah, and there's just a universal law in the NFL where the runner-up in the Super Bowl typically struggles the year after. It's just it, it's consistent. It's like you can set your you can set your watch to it. I couldn't think of a better team to happen to than the Eagles. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, as a Giants fan, I'm with you. I, I have, and I have a few friends that are huge Eagle fans and they are just going ape shit about this team. So I'm hoping for their demise. I'm on your side. I'm actually, gonna, I might just bet the money line just out of spite and hatred for the Philadelphia sports fans. Um, but I think the, I think the Buccaneers take it out right, man. I think the Buccaneers win this one by three or four. And it's just, it's, it's, it's might as well take leverage it up because this game's close enough as far as the spread goes to even get additional points on the uh, money line. So might as well go for it. Cause if it's close, I think the bucks pull it out. I think we're on the same page here. And let's just be clear with the listeners. I am much more, I I'm always taking the points and sprinkling on the money line. Yeah, me too. All right, cool. Um, well, it pisses me off. There's no NFL regular season, but this is my favorite time of the, the betting year. I love wild card weekend divisional round. I usually get waxed in, so I might be following your picks next week, but Thanks for helping the listeners out and me out with uh, making some wild card weekend picks. Yeah, man. And remember the divisional rounds, Jeff, and certainly the wild card weekend picks are, are the, those, those are the games that get the craziest. So this is when we got to really dial in. We've got to look at the analysis. We've got to look at that mean reversion and we got to know the public's had a pretty good year this year. They haven't had a bad one. That's for sure. Time to pay the piper. If I have a prediction, wild card weekend is usually where dogs cover. And if I have a prediction about your model next weekend, you're going to be fading public dogs and be taking favorites. We'll see. No, come on, You'll man. run the numbers. We'll, we'll see. Well, I'm we'll telling. I'm telling you've you've done well when you've faded public dogs. I'm saying next week is usually people see a dog win the undercard, yes. uh, the, uh, the, uh, yes. the 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 wild card round, and be like, all right, yeah, they're going to win again. This is a team of destiny, and they usually get waxed in the next round. So we'll crushed. see. Yep, we'll absolutely. see what the numbers. We'll see what the the mean reversion, as you say, or the capital flows dictate. But yeah. I have a feeling you're going to be betting some uh, fading public dogs next week. But again, we'll see. Awesome. Uh, right. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review the Outkick Bets podcast on Apple on Spotify. Follow Scott at Scotty Markets, right? On Twitter? On Twitter, on X, talking music, talking food, and a little bit of betting, I guess. All right. Peace out, homies. Peace out.